the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Here's Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We'll cover everything from the stock market to getting a budget in your life. Do you have a budget in your life? You should have a budget in your life. Most people don't have a budget in their lives. And, um, you know, again, it's a good way of seeing what's coming in versus what's going out. It's a good way of starting a savings plan. You can't save unless you know what's coming in and what's going out. So everyone should go to mint.com. I know it sounds like I'm a shill for the company. I'm not. I just like the service. M-I-N-T.com. Start a budget. You don't have to do everything today. Just start the relationship. Get back to it a little later. So we will talk about anything on this show. Literally nothing is off topic um, or unfair or an untouchable. Uh, just come to the microphone strong, have an opinion, stand by your words, and uh, we're good with it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Now, there's a stream of the show. You can get it at talk910.com. And if you're listening on the stream and you're out of state, say you're in Jersey, or say you're in India, you can call the show 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Not sure why our 800 number doesn't work universally, but I guess that's how the phone company makes money. You can get it on a regional basis or you can get it on a universal basis. And well, it is what it is at this point, right? So anyway, interesting day on Wall Street. Yesterday, we had a big sell-off after Ben Bernanke said that uncertainty is highly uncertain right now or confidence. He just didn't, he didn't give us what we needed yesterday. And it was a pretty big disappointment there was a late day sell off yesterday after Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke said, you know, recovery conviction is I'm not so convinced. He's a high level of uncertainty. And when your king of the banks says that we're screwed. So there's not a lot of confidence. Wall Street sold off. Now, earnings come out today. Dun, da, da, da. And earnings were pretty good. And, uh, you know, we're in earnings season. So today, Rock Scissors paper earnings trumps Bernanke. Yesterday, Bernanke trumped earnings. Rules change on a day-by-day basis. Just go with it. Other big uh, areas to look at today. Europe, mainly higher. They weren't as freaked out by the commentary of Ben Bernanke as we were. Uh, Flood of earnings continues to hit the news wires. Weekly jobless claims are in the mix today. Existing home sales in the mix today. And uh, Bernanke is again talking to one of the houses of Congress. And uh, yesterday is one day, it's the other. And we'll get some more commentary. Uh, I was listening to it early this morning and not the most scintillating stuff, to say the least. It's pretty dull, if you know what I'm saying. So let's take a look at the opening bell action in Washington, D.C. The House expected and did pass legislation extending jobless claims benefits. New York City, Wall Street open for business. Um, the new jobless claims jumped last week by about 37,000. That's the most since February, and that's a pretty big number. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. The Dow's up 210. Woo, not one hondo, not two hondo. Well, two hondos plus change. Two hondos and a dime. 
NASDAQ up 53 points, sitting at 2241. S&P 500 up 24, sitting at 1093. You know what I mean? What I think about all this? Not much. The summertime action on Wall Street this year, I've, I've said it now for about a month and a half, doesn't mean much to me. Summer of discontent. It's a market trying to figure out its next direction. It's a market that's looking for some cues. We had a, a huge sell-off in the credit um, uh, issue in 2008, the bank credit issue in 2008. We had a huge rally in 2009. 2010, there were some easy comparisons in the front half, some tougher comparisons in the back half of the year. So we're trying to figure out what's going to drive us next. What's going to drive us next? One of the issues that I'm focused uh, like a hawk on is jobs. A step backwards for the job market today as the head of the Fed continues to be uncertain about the economy. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato has the story. More people than expected asking for unemployment checks for the first time. The Labor Department saying the number rose last week by 37,000 to 464,000 overall. Fed Chair Ben Bernanke reporting to Congress that unemployment's going to be a problem for some time to come. A significant amount of time will be required to restore the nearly 8.5 million jobs that were lost over 2008 and 2009. Bernanke saying that bit of growth that we saw earlier this year wasn't enough to do much to improve the jobs picture. In Washington, Jill Nato. Fox News Radio. I think there there's one thing that, eh, not one, this is a wrong statement. Let me fix this. If there's something I'm paying attention to, it's jobs, because jobs help fix a lot of problems. Uh, helps fix problems with states' budgets, helps fix federal budgets, helps fix, jobs fixes a lot of problems. Because if you have a job, you spend your paycheck. It's kind of an American way. Um, we spend what we get. I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm not saying that's a definitive. I'm saying we spend our paychecks. So even when we extend unemployment, we spend those paychecks. So like today, there's there's news on the extending unemployment, right, for long-term unemployment. That's just going to be money that's spent in the economy. It's kind of a stimulus. It's a public uh, government-funded stimulus. It's not private sector. It's not jobs creation. It's, it's a problem. So anyway, jobless numbers are something I pay massive attention to. Next up, one of the big drags on the economy, real estate. Not looking any better anytime soon. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato has more from Washington. People bought fewer homes last month, and sales aren't expected to get much better in the near future. The National Association of Realtors reporting that last month's sales of previously owned homes dropped about 5%. On the upside, median sales prices are up to nearly $184,000. That's a percent better than this time last year. So the home issue... I think really doesn't get better until the jobs issue gets better. Will there be pockets that are of strength in real estate? Absolutely. But until unemployment gets back down to that 7% level, again, that's a long way off. Real estate really isn't going to be able to mend itself. Plus, there's just a wave of foreclosures happening, and it's, they're still out there, to be quite honest with you. Next up, the fight over extending unemployment, it's nearly over for now. Fox News Radio's Rick Johnson from, as the latest from Washington. The House is expected to join the Senate and send the benefits extension bill to the president today. This despite Republican objections that it's not paid for and will add to the deficit. Democrats note the $34 billion bill is just like the previous jobless benefit extensions that Republicans approved. Like before, the measure will reinstate unemployment checks to some 2.5 million people who've been out of work for six months or more. The measure also calls for them to get back payments. In Washington, Rich Johnson, Fox News Radio. So again, to me, that's just stimulus and that's consumer spending. It's okay. I feel as Americans that we need to support the people who don't have jobs. 
Uh, it's tough to determine when you've been unemployed for six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen months. Are they are they slackers? Are they stay at home with mom and dad? Are they watching TV? Are they actually trying to get a job? Are they willing to take a job at Home Depot? I can't possibly hit that social commentary. All I'll say is that this is this is government spending that I'm okay with. It's very much so a democratic issue. It's government spending that I'm okay with. And again, not a lot of Americans are starving, so it's problematic to say the least. Um, and the old phrase, you know, go get a job, get a kick in the butt. It's has a ring here. It has a ring here. That's all I'll say. And uh, again, we move on. Uh, but again, that's more taxpayer speaking English, Rob. Uh, that's more money that has to be paid out of my taxes in the future for unextended employment. So on one level, I'm mad. Like, I want my taxpayer money going to protecting our country, uh, which I think is the federal government's number one job. Um, I want more of my tax money used efficiently. And I'm not saying this is the most efficient program, but it's needed evil, so to speak. Now, let's talk a little Ben Bernanke. I, I pulled three clips from him uh, today as he's speaking and again, they hit three very different aspects of what we're seeing. Let's start with the job market and job losses of the last two years. I will be required to restore the nearly eight and a half million jobs that were lost over 2008 and 2009. That's a lot of jobs being lost. And basically what he's saying there is uh, things are, are remaining weak. Things are remaining weak. We've lost a massive amount of jobs on the private side of the world. Now, the public side of the world, i.e. the government, i.e. the DMV, the military, uh, the public side of the fence, um, teachers, those jobs are still very much so there. And that's a little bit of a problem going forward because we're fighting private jobs versus public jobs. And he said, it ain't coming anytime soon. Let's go. Let's let's hear Ben Bernanke talk a little bit about the housing market now. The housing market remains weak with the overhang of vacant or foreclosed houses weighing on home prices and construction. Okay, now the housing market is a big part of our economy. I'm not going to deny it. It's huge. It's, you know, from your confidence and having a house and not paying rent and putting money into your own pocket over the long term and paying people. Like today, my garage door broke and I had to call someone to come fix it. I need paint on my walls at some point in time. So I'm going to go to Home Depot and the painting companies and the paintbrush people. And, and maybe I'll say, you know, I'm tired of painting myself. So I'll pick up a, a day laborer at Home Depot. If you know what I'm saying, the people standing around the parking lot. I know you know what I mean. Um, it helps our economy. The housing market is a big part of our economy, whether it's the loans, the real estate agents, it, it's a huge part. So it ain't getting better anytime soon. And finally, let's hear Ben Bernanke talk a little bit about the uh, bank lending, because that's a necessary part of getting our economy started. Many banks continue to have a large volume of troubled loans in their books, and bank lending standards remain tight. Man, economies work great when, when bank lending standards are loosey-goosey, drunky-wonky, you know? Scotchy-scotchy in my belly-belly-belly. Go ahead, take a million dollars. I don't care. But the standards are a little bit higher. Now, on one hand, we're going to have fewer loans fail in the future, which is good. On the other hand... We need those damn loans now. Um, I run a couple businesses, and I would love, love access to more capital because I'm taking advantage of the slowdown to to build out my empire. 
Um, but banks are very, very, very tight. And when they do give me money, they basically it's like a proctology up, uh, exam. I mean, they really, really aggressively make sure the loans are all good, good in my eyes. Anyway, real quick, look at the numbers. Dow's up 218. Nasdaq up 55. S&P 500 up 25. Good day on Wall Street. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Call the show 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. And now, Rob Black. So I'm on my Twitter page right now, getting ready to send out a tweet. My Twitter page is Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. And uh, I need to cut 18 words, 18 letters out before I can get it out. So, um, But if you go to uh, Twitter, sign up, get an account. Yeah, uh, you can kind of befriend me or relate to me, Rob Black Show, and uh, I'm going to be sending out something. And now I'm down to 12 letters that I got to kill. This is hilarious when you're trying to play this. You want the message to be worthy of people taking time to read it, um, or taking the time to have it inconvenience them. But you get where I'm going with this. I, I find Twitter a maybe they can give like an extra four or five letters on occasion or let you do it if you really ask for it i don't know i don't get the whole importance of of keeping it exactly where it's supposed to be but anyway now i gotta i almost have to finish this now because i'm totally distracted by it 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air what i'm gonna be tweeting about are leading indicators and leading economic indicators came out this morning and it's something that i look at it's something that I, I put some value in. I got an email recently from a young lady asking, you know, uh, where can I tell the future of the economy? It's not totally 100% right in leading economic indicators because, for instance, unemployment used to be a lagging indicator, i.e. would fire people as the economy slowed down after the fact. Um, the economy would pick up and then we'd hire people after the fact. Now, to me, unemployment is a leading indicator. But it's not in the conference board's index yet. So leading indicators, i.e. looking into the future, turned negative for the second time in the last three months. Now, they just down about two-tenths of a percent in June. They increased one-half a percent in May. Okay? Now, this isn't the type of data where you go, holy shnikes, I'm going to go buy up, you know, I'm going to go to Vegas and bet all my money on, on the economy turning around. Leading economic indicators are not perfect. The latest downturn in the index, it does not point to a second recession. It merely points to a slowdown in economic growth. Seven out of the 10 index components are known prior to the release. Um, And because that, it's incredibly flawed. So it's incredibly flawed. Um, And what do I mean by that? We see the data come out today and we see that it's down, but we knew that seven out of the 10 data components previous to today so four of the 10 indicators in the index contributed to the decrease in June. Average weekly manufacturing hours down. Supplier deliveries and stock prices also subtracted from the monthly gauge. Now, the manufacturing hours is interesting because typically in the summer months in a good economy, manufacturing shuts down a little bit. They, they fix their equipment. Right now, that's not the case. They're running fewer hours trying to keep their equipment efficient based on the demand for manufacturing and the manufactured goods that come out of it. So this is pretty pretty flawed information, but it's, it's information you look at so you can start figuring it out. Five components advanced. 
the gap between the 10-year Treasury note yields and overnight Fed funds rate. One component, orders for non-defense capital goods was unchanged. Um, the, the Like stock prices up or down. You know, we had a bad month of June. Jobless claims, building permits. Permits are about the future. Uh, when you get a permit to add an addition to your house, the contractor will come and say, yeah, I'll be done in three weeks, four weeks, maybe. And then it's like six months later, and it's always over budget, right? But that that's economic indicators of the future. It's good. Consumer expectations, that's a little bit less tough to define. The yield curve, factory hours, supplier delivery times, all of these are pretty interesting stuff to look at. And again, I don't want you to get too excited by any one economic data point, but uh, leading economic indicators. I'm going to be sending out a little something-something on them in just a minute. You can um, go get a Twitter account and sign up to follow me at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. So I wanted to give a little bit more eco-commentary today. In large part, uh, I want to stick to the stock market for probably the first half of the show, probably start stretching my legs a little bit and getting into some individual stocks a little bit later. But Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, he, he really, his lack of recovery conviction is my lack of recovery conviction. I see, I don't see another recession coming, but I don't see a hiring boom coming. So I'm, in the world of Goldilocks, it's a little bit warm. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's a little bit warm, but I kind of like a little bit warmer, if you know what I'm saying. It's room temperature right now, and that's not good enough. Europe has set an upside tone for Wall Street. There was some upside earnings out of AT&T. Yay, we like upside earnings. Um, Earnings can't be taken away. And today you're seeing AT&T up almost 3.3% on that news. Company's got a 6.8% dividend yield. Okay, let me explain what that means to you. You put $100 in AT&T. They give you $6.80 every year. That's broken up into every quarter. So you get one-fourth of that every 90 days. Maybe 91 days, 92 days, whatever it turns out to be. You know, a little 365 days in a year thing. So AT&T, good. Baxter, good. Baxter, uh, AT&T is a play on corporate America. I know you're saying, really? It's it's a little bit of that consumer play with uh, the wireless component and Apple. But corporations like this on Clear Channel, we've got a sales force. And when the sales force works, we're like, make whatever phone calls you want to make. Just go get that big $20,000 deal. Make whatever phone calls you want to make. So AT&T is a play on that. Baxter, Bristol, and Eli Lilly all had great names and great quarters in the healthcare sector, and they're all trading higher today. Again, with healthcare, if – let's say you got erectile dysfunction. Let's use something graphic, and you want to get lovely with your – you want to get a little fire this weekend, sexy time with your loved one. You're going to take your healthcare, right? You're going to take your pill. You're going to take your ED pill, your Viagra, your Cialis, whatever it is, you're going to take it. Uh, sexy time is still very, very, very important in this world, and healthcare is a play on that. Um, I've got a lymph node that's a little bit larger than usual, so I'm going to go to the doctor probably later this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, uh, depending on what I could pull off with the radio show and not pull off with the radio show and uh, time off, things like that. You know, I don't. Want, I want to nip it in the bud. I don't want to die of cancer because I didn't go to the doctor. So healthcare does good in a good economy. Healthcare does well in a bad economy. We still need our our erectile dysfunction. We still need our our, our anti cancer fights. So headlines were a little bit dismissive this morning out of the industrial sector. Uh, results were stronger than expected, but again, we're looking at manufacturing, uh, economically speaking, is is taking a little bit of a breather, and it's part of our whole economy not so hot, not so cold. But there were some good numbers out of the industrial players like Caterpillar. Caterpillar makes big, big, big 
big trucks and big pushers and drillers and haulers. And uh, when do you use Caterpillar equipment? When you're building stuff. And when, when you build stuff, what's happened? Lots of economic activity. So Caterpillar, they, their shares are higher today. Nice to see. Um, and again, it, it's when you buy a Caterpillar rig, you ain't spending $10 on it. it it's expensive. Caterpillar has 2.7% dividend yield. I'm comfortable with the company. UPS is higher today. What does UPS tell us about the economy? Uh, I have, I bought something recently from Amazon.com. I need to return it. So I called the company. They gave me a return slip uh, via UPS. So it's, it's commerce. UPS is a play on commerce. When they report good results, um, it's a play on commerce. Now, what's kind of cool about UPS and FedEx is I need to ship stuff left and right. You need to ship stuff, right? You don't have that many options in this world. You kind of use UPS or you don't. You kind of use FedEx or you don't. Uh, none of us really ship a lot of business stuff via uh, U.S. mail. Why? Because the U.S. post office, every time you go there, you have to wait in line for about 55 minutes. That's one of the biggest problems of the United States Postal Service. I'd use their services more and more and more and more. But every time I go, it's like you're almost dying waiting in the line. 3M, another big industrial play higher today with better than expected results. So what I'm going to say right now is I think we get a rally later this year to the end of the year. But it's not going to be wildly strong. I think the economy is going to get a little bit weaker, but it's not going to be incredibly weak. That's where I stand on my commentary at this point in time. How do I really feel? Don't be shy. Don't forget my Twitter update is coming in uno momentaro at Rob Black Show. You can follow me online at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can email me, Rob at RobBlack.com, Rob at RobBlack.com. You can call the show, 800-345-5639. You're allowed to call and disagree with me. It makes for good radio. Don't be shy. 800-345-5639-910 AM. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report. I'm Michelle Steele. Any day now, the Yankees' Alex Rodriguez is expected to join the 600 home run club, and that 600th ball will be coveted by some collectors. Well, we took a look recently at the price of what's called milestone home run balls. Mark McGuire represented the height of this market in 1999. The 70th home run McGuire hit the summer before in his duel with Sammy Sosa commanded $3 million at auction. But we've seen the price of milestone balls come down considerably since the fervor surrounding the McGuire sale in 1999. David Hunt of Hunt Auction says he sees A-Rod's 600th ball commanding between fifty dollars and $100,000, less than that 500th ball at $103,000, and it remains to be seen how the market will judge A-Rod's admission to taking performance-enhancing drugs. That's the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report. I'm Michelle Steele. And Rob Black and your money. It's that time of day. It's that time of the week. Little Kim Commando action brought to you weekly at this time. How are you, Kim? Kim? Miss Commando. Hi, Rob. I can hear you. Oh, she put me on hold. Oh, that's hilarious. So let's all sit here and listen as I'm on hold with Kim Commando. I think I just heard hold music. Okay, let's not do that. Let's move on. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. So we'll check back in with her in, in a couple minutes to see if she's still there. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Green Dot Corporation 
is a leading provider of reloadable prepaid debit cards. It's a company that just came public today, and I'm going to be honest with you. I know nothing about it. I'm, I'm studying it as we speak. It came public at a pretty high level. It's, uh, how shall we say, heavily sought after. So uh, ticker symbol is GDOT. came public at about 42 uh, it was supposed to be priced at 36 but it's already traded 6 bucks higher. So there's a lot of demand for it. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Green Dot later in the show. Why is it important? It's a financial company that has a cute and unique niche market. But now, Kim Commando. Heard Sundays 1 to 3 on this very station. How are you, Kim? I'm good. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. So, so you know, as a financial expert... Yes, do you recommend that clients get out of the market totally in the summer? No. Why is that? Um, there's a, a theory out there called um, sell in May and go away and mm-hmm. basically come back in October that a lot of the market action happens between October and summertime. This is a summer of discontent, Kim, but it's not so bad. There's areas that you still want exposure to, like a- like Apple, um, yeah. like utilities. Um, there's defensive plays as well. I think you should re re rebalance a little bit but mm-hmm. for every two summers that are awful there's a summer that's great and there's a summer that's just sideways and we're kind of in a sideways summer this year so next year will be a great summer don't know i don't predict like that um <laughs> just, just I'm, looking wondering. At, I'm looking at leading economic indicators and, and summers what wall street does kim is it looks six months in the future it's a discounting mechanism and right. like leading economic indicators came out today, and they're they're not so hot. They're they're definitely not cold. They're kind of like room temperature. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have an okay case next six months. So I think you want exposure. I see that. Okay, I just thought I'd ask you that. You always ask me like tech questions, so hey. I thought I'd ask you a financial question. Anytime you want me on your show, hint hint, wink wink, nudge nudge, poke poke, <laughs> to talk about Apple well, as an investment, I think Apple goes to a thousand dollars a share. Do you think so? Yeah, they, I got an email this week, and it just, again, it, it, it re-punched it right in my stomach. Someone said, you know, 20 years ago, I walked up and down corporate hallways, and I saw Dell, 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 Dell. It says, now I'm walking up and down corporate hallways, and I'm seeing apples everywhere. That's, that's true. That's an area that they've never been able to penetrate. It's it's a consumer company, everyone thinks. But if they get that enterprise, um, easy, easy double, triple from here. Well, it's also what's nice is that there are many companies that now have apps, too. And so, like, for example, one of our big sponsors on the show is Carbonite.com. It's the online backup service. But what's really cool about it is if you have an iPhone. Also, they just released it for a BlackBerry, but first it was for the iPhone, is that they have this app. And so you have all your files backed up from your computer, but now if you have the app on your iPhone, you have access to all the files right there in your handheld, which I think is just amazing technology because a lot of these remote access companies, you may not necessarily need them. That's that's well said, and like you just brought up another point that tells me Apple's going higher because it's the corporate apps that we're seeing. You know, Bank of America has an app. You know, President Obama says there's an app for that. I mean, I think we all kind of see that apps are are really kind of the 21st century um, computing model so far, as far as as marketing gimmicks go. Well, because there's always so much you can do, and it solves these little niche problems that you might have with Bank of America, for example. That if you just go to their banking website, it's not as secure as using the app. Because the app has additional security features built in, up to and including asking you one of these private questions, and that if you don't have the right answer, that suddenly you won't be able to get into your bank account. Yeah, I hear you on that. So do you want to keep uh, going down this road, or do you want to go to your content? Well, you know, I was going to talk about digital drugs. It's been making the mainstream press this past week. Have you seen it? I've got no clue what a digital drug is, but I want one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I know. 
<laughs> now, now I want the digital drugs. Exactly. Well, it was it was the lead story, I think, over at Fox and also at Drudge. And so I've been doing a lot of interviews about it and getting a lot of email about it. And it's basically that what the thought is, real quickly, is that kids can go online and they download these so-called digital drugs. And they're audio files that you listen to. <laughs> And um, that they induce drug-like effects. And so it would be like if you were drinking, did some pot, LSD, crack, heroin, any other type of hard drugs. There's also uh, digital drugs that they say are give you doses of uh, sexual nature. And then I found ones that supposedly simulate heaven and some others that simulate hell. And so the, the idea like is that you – It sounds like BS. It, well, I'll tell you, there are people that say it's BS, but for just about everybody who say is, says that it's BS, it's also there are people that say, no, actually, it really worked. I downloaded one of these, and I didn't do anything but other than get a headache, it seems like, because the, the, it works with different brainwave frequencies, and they're related to different states of relaxation, alertness. And so the digital drug supposedly synchronizes your brainwaves with sound, and so they can allegedly alter your mental state. And so a lot of them have a beating sound. Other, others include noises. Um, then there are some unpleasant sounds with there and there. And then some people say, well, it's good for meditation, which is totally different than what we're talking about. Yeah. But what I, I think that what's interesting about it is that uh, for me is that I actually wrote about this, and I had to look up the date because um, I wasn't quite sure. And I actually wrote a column about this in August of 2008 for USA Today. And it's still posted on their website, and you still see all the nasty comments that people wrote me at that time. Said <laughs> so I was a nut job. That was one. How could I even be employed by USA Today? But I just think it's funny that now, two years later, everybody seems to be talking about it. I remember, you know, hearing from, uh, from my childhood, and this is what this sounds like. Um, movie theaters would run subliminal advertising. And I don't really think that ever really... To me, this just doesn't feel like a story, Kim. It, it feels, I don't know. It, it's, well, it's not working for me. Well, here's the deal. Is that there, right this past week, there was law enforcement and drug enforcement folks and rehab places that have all come out. It just seems like out of the woodwork saying, you know what? These drugs can impair coordination. They can cause hallucinations. Um, they can cause fatal accidents and traffic. And um, and if these these binaural beats, they work as promises, they're just not safe. But there also could be the placebo effect. I asked a friend of mine who's a brain surgeon, okay? I actually have a friend who's like, you know, say, oh, yeah, yeah brain, what is it, brain surgery? And he looks at you and says, yes, you know? But he told me that, um, that some of the stuff could affect the brain, and they can affect mood and motor performance. But um, but he doubts the long-term, I guess, effects of, that this might really have on somebody. But the bottom line, though, is that if you've got kids, it's something that, again, you might want to talk to them about. Because when you go to these websites, and it's primarily teenagers that are doing this, is that there are actually ads uh, for uh, real drugs around the, the digital drugs. Does that make sense? Yes. And so if they're willing to experiment with digital drugs, that maybe they might be willing to experiment with the real thing. And so it's just, you know, as a parent, just, you know, know that it's out there. And if somebody says something about eye-dozers or something like that, that at least you know what it means. Okay. So keep in so mind. You're not sitting there. Yeah, you're not sitting there going, what was that again? What did you say? LOL. You know, so. Speaking of parents, my parents, we were never, ever, never allowed to have drugs until after we finished our vegetables. Well, that's important. We're, we, had, we had standards, Kim. 
Well, you know, and it reminds me of an email, and I'm actually going to do a, a video about this, because I got an email from this guy who, he opens it up by saying, you know, I don't even know how to say this word, but I need to tell you that my 16-year-old, I think she's sexting nice. at night in her locked bedroom, and I'm wondering if what I can do about it. Okay. Let's um, <laughs> the computer out of her locked bedroom, you know. That's the, Let's start there. Can we have this conversation <laughs> next week? Because that's a good one. Sure, we can talk about that next week. And hold on, you're going to put up a video. What What do you mean by this video? Oh, I'm going to do it like I have uh, tvkim.com. Okay. And so I'm going to do a little video essay, I think, about sexting. Okay. And how you can figure out what somebody's really doing on their computer. You, okay. Is, uh, illegally? Legally, yeah. Okay. You can, you can put, yeah, you, I mean, um, I can put something on your computer. I guess I, legally or illegally, I'm not sure about that because I'm not a lawyer. But I can tell you about, I can tell you what you need to put on there, when I can figure out every single thing that you're doing, even from here in Phoenix. I would get an email and it would tell me exactly what you're doing on your computer. You'll laugh at this. My Palm Trio 755. It no longer <laughs> it no longer uses an S or an X, so I can't <laughs> even sext if I want it to. I could just e people. <laughs> That's pathetic, right? It's he's eing. Oh, eing, exactly. <laughs> and for the record, I got a droid X coming next week. I'll let you know how oh, I thank like it. Gosh, I will. Thanks, Kim. I'm looking forward to it. Bye, honey. Kim, give me her Sundays one to three right here on this very station. She's a digital goddess, digital lifestyle, talking about tech in our lives. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Coming up, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Green Dot, hot new IPO on the Bay Area's exclusive home, Fox News Radio, nine ten a.m. Exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9, 10 a.m. And now, Rob Black and your money. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. I like Kim Commando, that last segment we did. Um, like the whole digital drugs thing, the story wasn't working for me, but she's right. It's something parents need to be aware of because there's advertisements next to those. And sometimes I miss things. I'm not perfect. I'm not ideal. I'm human, much like you. Anytime you do a two-hour radio show five days a week, you're going to say some stuff that you wish you had a, a fishing line and you could wish you could pull it back and not go on record saying it. So keep that in mind. Always consult a broker advisor before taking action on anything ever mentioned on this show. Um, it's not perfect. And I'm dealing with a lot of people from age 20 to age 80 and everything in between. So advice for a 20-year-old is going to be different than advice for an 80-year-old. Anyway. Enough of a disclaimer. Let's go to phone calls, 800-345-5639. Connie in Redwood City. Connie? Hi, Marla. I was just curious. Um, your thoughts on a company called Gilead Scientific. The ticket number is G-I-L-D. Yeah. Is this a stock you own or is it one you're looking to own? Where are you at with this one? I own it. Okay. Do you work for the company? No. Okay. Because you know they're Bay Area, right? Yes. Okay. They're out of Foster City, which yep. it's kind of interesting. You don't really think of Foster City as a, a big commercial drug company place to do business. Right. This is a big company. It's a ten um it's a, a thirty billion dollar company. So it's 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 big. Um you're looking to get into it, did you say or did you say you own it? I own it. Okay. First and go ahead. There's some stuff on there that their patents are supposed to come due sometime in about eight years or so. So there's been lots of talk about that and so I think that has brought the stock down. So Patents coming due in eight years, not nearly as bad as patents coming due next year. So let me just throw some stuff at you. Uh, what price did you pay for it? 32. 32. To me, it looks like it's got a ton of support. 
right around 30. If you go back to 2007 and 2006, it played with 28 to 32, and 28 to 32, 28 to 32, and then it held it. So I don't see technically it going much lower. Is this meant to be a trade or an investment for you? More of an investment. Okay. Um, They obviously have biotech bombs. Um, They do stuff for hepatitis and HIV and infections for AIDS. Their HIV franchise is huge. Uh, Truvada, combination of two of its other drugs, Viriad and Triva, co-promotes another HIV treatment called Atripia. Um, it's U.S., it's Europe, it's Asia, Bristol-Myers-Squibb relationship. Um, outside of infectious diseases, they do treatment for pulmonary arterial hypertension, uh, high pulmonary blood pressure, i.e. things that are hitting our society pretty aggressively. Um, let's take a, uh, I'm going to get into a little bit more on it in just a second with you, but taking a look at, you know, PE ratio, uh, versus it's the five-year growth rate. It, it's good. It's, it's got a good PE to growth, which is also known as a peg ratio. The price to earnings multiple is lower than typically stocks, uh, in this universe for the biotech. Some negatives on it is a lot of relative price change. There's a lot of new lows happening on a regular basis. People are kind of nervous. They're selling it out. Um, some executives and board members have recently sold shares. So that's something to think about. If you work for a biotech company and you're selling, it typically is kind of a hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Something's not going right. Um, thanks for the call. RBC Capital Markets downgraded the company yesterday. Is that yesterday? Let me take a quick look at what day are we at. Is it the 21st? Yeah, yesterday. Um, to, out, to sector perform. Uh, they see a, it as a $40 stock. They think the company's stucker potentially could go lower than near to medium term due to continued top line headwinds. Healthcare reform. Healthcare reform seems to be one of the things weighing on it. Negative sentiment towards its pipeline. Uh, they've got a drug TMC 278 and ultimately lack of visible catalyst, i.e. no new drugs coming out down the road fast enough that they're going to get approval. Uh, shares have sold off about 30% as management's reduced guidance and sales growth has slowed. Question for investors is whether the company is a growth stock or has become a value stock. Um, change in institutional ownership has added a lot of volatility to the company. Just throwing it, I'm checking up on this TMC 278 now. Uh, there's a pivotal phase three trial, and this is news today. It's a double blind randomized clinical tra- treatment, um, non nucleoside reverse inhibitor, uh, each administered daily. Uh, it did hit its reach. It did reach its primary objective, which was to demonstrate non inferiority compared to another drug. The pulled results show that 84.3% of patients um, did well with the drug. The difference between the treatment groups is not significant. Um, the the failure rate was about nine percent, which is a little bit on the high side. I didn't work for about nine percent of people. Give me just a second. I'm trying to find everything as I can on the fly. It looks to me like a value stock that should trade higher. Should trade higher. A little bit oversold in earnings season. A little bit oversold in the whole June July summertime doom and gloom feeling that we have. Most analysts have a hold on it. 32 looks technically pretty strong. 30 looks technically pretty strong. But I'm not seeing a lot of catalysts for growth. So my instinct, and this is just an instinct, I've spent three minutes on your company that you should have spent three months on. My instinct is that it it rallies two, three, four, five points. And then the big question is, what can take it higher? And Wall Street's not seeing it from the research that I'm seeing at this point in time. Can they always be acquired? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, but they're a big play on the AIDS uh, franchise, huge play, and clearly the Obama healthcare reform uh, weighing in on the company as far as their ability to make money in the future. How much will they be able to and or not? Um, one thing on their strategy growing its pipeline, phase one and two. Okay, let me throw something else out because I'm probably talking over some people's heads. Phase one trials, phase two trials, phase three trials in drug clinical studies. Phase three, it's almost ready for you and me to use. It's starting to be studied in humans. Phase two, it's more of a um, animal testing. Phase one is more of a laboratory testing, i.e., let's take a look at all these chemicals and see if they've ever killed people in the last 5, 10, 15 years or any sort of combination. Would it be bad with heart attack medicines and things like that? So it, to get to phase three means you're, you're, you're almost there. It's as John Bon Jovi said, you're halfway there. Um, and they're focusing really on phase one and phase two. To me, it, it's cute. It's nice. The valuation doesn't freak me out. It's a really low valuation historically for the company. So to me, it looks like it's going to trade from these levels probably five, ten, well, five to ten points in a, in a healthier stock market, which I think we're due for. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Now, I promised to get to a company called Green Dot. This is a new IPO today, and it's one of those companies I don't know a whole heck of a lot about. So... I'm always interested because I own, for instance, Visa, and I want to accumulate Visa for the rest of my life. It's a financial company that that I I believe in. So when I hear about another financial company out there, I'm going to pay attention, okay? So they've gotten the green, but not the plastic. Green Dot wants to help, ultimately. They offer prepaid debit cards through a network of about 50,000 retail locations in the United States. MasterCard and Visa-branded debit cards... Reloadable cards function like credit cards for purchases and cash withdrawals. Green Dot has more than 2 million active cards and partners with PayPal and Walmart and Walgreens and 7-Eleven. Companies' products are designed for people who aren't able to choose or not utilize traditional credit card companies uh, or banking services. It makes most of their money from the new card and monthly maintenance. They recently made a relationship with... Who did they make a relationship? Well, well, they've no, no, I'm sorry. Let me fix my statement. They they have a relationship with Walmart. And what they recently did was renegotiated the relationship with Walmart. And it's lower than expected. So the company was going to come public at 36. It comes public at 42. Now, unlike the rest of the IPOs that have been coming out, you know, all year long, like Tesla and uh, Real Real 3D, uh, also known as Real D. I call it Real 3D because it's the only way I'll explain it to you that it's a, a play on 3D technologies. Um so it's a player. I, I get it. I get this idea, but they don't have any debt. So it's an 11 year old company. Revenue have been explosive. Um, revenue jumped to 235 million from 168 million year over year. Um, earnings allocated to shareholders have jumped from 3.6 million in 2008 to 8.1 million in a year over year level. There's going to be competition. This kind of prepaid, preloaded card, I, like let's just say you go buy a Droid phone and they give you a card back for a hundred dollars card. That's them. That's them. That's their. They don't really have a competitive advantage. Um, so that's a little bit of a problem. And competition will come in. Walmart owns five percent of them, and and clearly Walmart likes this idea because if you lose the card, <laughs> they keep their money. You get the idea. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.